Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. This is a Christmas message that I have, but I've been thinking about these verses, and hopefully they'll edify you. All right, Father, thank you today for the ones that are here, the ones online. We bless your name, Father. Just thank you that your word is our anchor. It is our, it is our telescope. It, is, it enlightens our way. Thank you, God. Just give us uh, wisdom today. May these be, be your words, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I want to look at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 4 together with you, and then we're going to look in Matthew 25, which is a fun chapter. Um, but I was just thinking about spiritual readiness and looking ahead into 2022. Isn't that exciting? We're going to be starting a new year. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that? <laughs> what will happen in 2022? I, we kind of we say, Lord, we're on your roller coaster, right? <laughs> as long as you're controlling the, the levers, we're okay. Um, but I want to think about this thought how God will bring you through things and bring me through things to go beyond the theoretical. I think a lot of our Christianity can be conceptual and theoretical, and how life circumstances make it actual. It makes it real. It makes it personal. Have you ever been with a body member and um, they, you know, they're going through a difficult time, and you want to help them? You want to Give them what they need, but you can't. You can't be God in their life. You can only point them to God. And that's actually very good. That's very good. Because um, we're going to see this in Matthew 25, that we cannot give people what they can only get from God. Okay, and that's my point today. That's kind of a simple point. So the church is an amazing a uh, vessel of pointing people to Christ. It's educating them in the Bible. It's discipling them in their personal walk with God. But only God can give you what you need when you need it. And uh, maybe that's oversimplified, but this really helps us with expectations on people. And this is why pastor does such an excellent job of pointing us back to our Bibles, right? If we don't point people back to their Bible, we're not helping them. We're not. If we're not pointing people back to their relationship with God, we're not helping them. We're pacifying them, or we're trying to soften the, br the breaking blow that um, God is trying to use things in our lives to bring us closer to Him. So we never, we never are able to uh, choose our furnace of affliction, but boy, isn't the result... Isn't it beautiful? I mean, we can say that after the affliction's over. <laughs> Hallelujah for the fruit of it. But during it, it's like, whoa, it's like, wow, Lord, remember my frame is but dust, right? So I'm kind of thinking about this into the new year, of the past year we just went through, and then the new year we're going to embark on, that the ultimate goal and ultimate plan is that we would be closer to God like never before that we would walk before God like never before, that we'd walk with God like never before. 
And the church and, and our ministry to people is what? It's pointing them back to Christ. It's like, I cannot give you what, um, what you desperately need. Only you can get that on your knees with God. And this is what's going to separate. And the, why do I say that? This is what's going to separate people in the new year. And I don't like to talk about that in that regard of anything with division, but the God will separate the wheats and the tares, and He'll do that by, by through life's um, difficulties, will expose what's in our hearts. That's why when you're with a body member or with someone that just needs care, empathy, mercy, we give it. We love them. We love them. We project value on them. We love them even when they cannot love, right? We are believing it when they cannot believe. But, but God is saying, I can only give you the hidden manna if you spend time with me. I can only share with you in darkness what your conversation will be in the light, right? So, you know, our discipleship, our our. our methodology, we could say, is really to present a great big Christ. And uh, it, it's, it's like the principle, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? There's the water, there's everything you need, but you have to exercise your will to drink, right? All right, so why am I saying this? Because I, I think in the new year, we're going to see an awesome work of God happen. I think we're going to see the move of God happen. But I also think we're going to see challenges like we've never seen before that will release the power of God. So we're, we're not afraid of challenges. We're not afraid of difficulties. Why? Because it's an excuse for God to demonstrate His faithfulness, right? It's an excuse for us to be, to be driven to our knees. And maybe that's not our, com- that's not our comfort zone, but it's a place of power, right? It's our place of power. All right, Isaiah 5, 4 says this. Why should you be stricken again? You will, uh, 5, 4, I'm sorry, I'm in Isaiah 1. That's also an interesting verse there too. But Isaiah 5, 4, it says, What more could I have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then when I expected it to bring forth grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Okay, this is an interesting question. God is saying, what more can I do for you that I have not already done? So that's kind of a loaded question because our life is bringing us to this place of what God has done. So like taking up our cross is really lifting up the work of the cross, right? Being broken is really lifting up our, our submission and our, uh, to God. So God is saying, what more can be done? Get to know what I have done. In another passage I was reading earlier, it says, I have healed you and you don't even know it. I wish I could find that text. I, I, I can't remember where it was, but I have healed you and you don't even know it. That's one of the greatest tragedies in our Christian life that God has released or done something in our life and it's hidden from us. And God is saying, follow on to know who I am in your life and don't don't act like I've not done everything in your life, right? So we're going from the theoretical to the actual, right? We're going from the, through the conceptual to 
the personal. It's like getting married. You can know a lot about marriage until you get married, and then you realize you don't know anything about marriage. I love when people counsel me about my kid and they don't have kids. I, I just, I, it's humorous to me. <laughs> I mean, I thank you, but I mean, I don't want to be crass here, but I'm just saying there is an experiential knowledge we can only get, right, from, from experience, right? <laughs> All right, Matthew 25, this is interesting. And I know people mean well, and it's perfect. I don't, I, it doesn't matter about me, but I'm just saying the death of a loved one. How about that? We can know all about death until we lose someone close to us. And then it's like, oh, I thought, you know, I thought I understood. And, and, and then it's like, oh, my goodness. I know it's like a, it's, death can be very ugly uh, when just looking at the facts. But when you look at it from the place of, of, of eternity, uh, there's purpose and reason for it, right? Um, I remember when I lost my mom, it was like a nuclear bomb going off in my heart. I can't even, I can't even explain it. I, and it's like one of those things God says, okay, I'm going to bring you deep because I have to add something deep. I have to break your heart so that you can mend the brokenhearted, right? Oftentimes, God has to bring you through the disaster so that you can have a relationship and ministry beyond the disaster, right? It's often how it works. All right, Matthew 25. So this is an interesting parable, uh, and I've been thinking a lot about it, and there's a lot of uh, practical messages here. Um, so again, we're going to just take these points as 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 provoking points that bring us deeper, right? Then the kingdom of heaven, verse 1, shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their, uh, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, and behold, the bridegroom is coming." Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us, and you should go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But, but he answered and said, Assuredly, I say unto you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. All right. That's a sobering piece of Scripture, isn't it? So there's two schools of thought. Some people believe this is the rapture, and some people believe this is the second coming. I believe personally that this is a, a better understanding of, of the rapture. Um, but I understand both arguments. But my point that I want to bring out to you is, is, is let's look through this for a minute because uh, when you think about how weddings were back in the day, these virgins or bridesmaids were designed to help service the bride in waiting for the bridegroom, okay? And there's some interesting points here. We can first see that there were wise ones and there were foolish ones, okay? There were ones that were ready and ones that were not ready, okay? That's an interesting point. 
they both, one had oil, right? And one had very little or no oil, okay? Uh, we also see that the bridegroom delayed, and that's kind of an interesting point. When we look at our day and age, a lot of people are kind of like projecting when crisis come back. Actually, the signs of the times are everywhere, but, but we do not know. It says that the bridegroom has delayed. And it also says in another passage um, that it'll come when no one expects it, like a thief in the night, right? So the point of this parable is be ready, because what you think you know, you don't know. And what you don't know is uh, how much we need to be expecting uh, from God and not be sleeping or slumbering or snoring. Anybody snore here? Nobody? You can't even tell anyway, right? Carl, do you snore? Okay. We'll talk to Lana. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you ever snore so much and you wake yourself up? Okay. That's another, that's another message. <clears throat> okay. And at midnight, the midnight cry, remember that song by, uh, by um, the, the, yeah, the Moseses? I love that song. All right, so I want to bring out a couple points that help us understand. Um, so oil here represents a couple of things. It represents the Holy Spirit. Some say it represents uh, obedience. Um, so you have five that are ready and five that are not. And notice the ones that are ready, they have extra oil. They have stored up in their heart the works of God, the Bible, obedience, a relationship with God that will carry them through until the bridegroom comes. And then there are those that don't, that don't, that maybe have a form of godliness, but they're not believers. That, that's, where, that's how I hold this parable to reflect, is there are believers in the church, and then there are those in the church that are unbelievers that have a form of godliness. And as we near the rapture, the, the ones that are believers, we are, we are, and I'm trusting all of us are here, obviously, are believing. Of course, that's not my point because I'm talking to believers, but there are people that are in our midst that will uh, grow deeper with God, and then those that, are, that will just find excuses to leave God. This is why in, uh, in the great exodus before the rapture, there will be many that go apostate. Why? Because there are those that are believers, and then those, there are those that are unbelievers. They, they, they appreciate the community of the church. They appreciate the life of the ministry, but they do not have a personal walk and faith with God, right? And you and I, just like the, the principle of the wheat and the tares, we're not going to cut out the wheat and the tares. Uh, we're not going to cut out the tares, pardon me, because we'll damage the wheat, right? Who will deal with the wheat and the tares? Right? The Word of God, the work of the Spirit, right? Because, um, you know, the wheat will love the Word. We will hunger after the Word. We'll go deeper with God, where the tares will be those that are sifted by life circumstances. The cares of this life will choke them out, and there'll always be an excuse why not to obey God. And we can, we can conclude this where, um, you know, the unbeliever will say, listen, give me some of your oil. Give me some. Like, how can we give 
uh, I mean, honestly, God has given everything, but how can you give of your personal walk with Christ to somebody else? They have to walk through it personally themselves, right? So you can be a reflection and demonstration and an example. You can exhibit the grace of God, power of God, truth of God, but each person has to walk through it by themselves. And this is the parable is saying, be ready, be ready, because five were ready and five had the door shut on them. Okay, now we understand that after the rapture, there'll be people left behind and God in his mercy will have an incredible um, systematic plan to save people with angels preaching, with 144,000 preaching, with the two witnesses preaching, they're, they're dead and they get raised again. Uh, it'll be miraculous opportunities to preach. So ultimately, there'll be a lot of tribulation saints that are that uh, will be martyred uh, in, in when we read through the book of Revelations, we see many martyrs, uh, and those that survive will enter into the millennium. But that's an eschatology class that is very interesting, but not for now. <laughs> so what I want to really kind of say today is, how much oil do I have? How much oil do I have? Um, and it's interesting, the historical frame of reference here, uh, they talked about olive oil. They talk about maybe um, just how the wick, notice they trim their wick. So what's the value of trimming a wick? If you have a long wick, what happens? What happens to your flame? It burns what? It burns quicker, but also how? So it's smoky, and it's not as bright because it's got a longer wick to deal with, right? But when you trim it, nice and tight, it, it causes less oil. It, it's a less of a travel for the oil, and it's clear, and it's bright. So a short wick, in this case, is very valuable. Or short accounts, or a personal walk with God moment by moment is one of the beautiful ways to be ready for the move of God. And I want to say this, like in 2022, let's be prepared for the move of God. Amen? God has prepared you and I with a vat full of oil, right? Can we give it to somebody else? We can't. They have to walk through it themselves. But we can help them get it. Okay, come and dine. Uh, come in Hosea uh, and eat, right? Hosea 12, 11, 1, excuse me, 11, 1. All right, so let me show you something here in Titus 2, 11. Readiness. So we don't know. Could Jesus come back today? He could. He could absolutely, yeah. The kingdom now, people say, you know, the whole world has to be evangelized. Well, when does the world get evangelized? Actually, the whole world gets evangelized in the tribulation. That's what Revelations 14 is all about. The 144,000 go into the four corners of the earth. So, will everyone have an opportunity to respond to salvation? Absolutely. We know, we know that. God is... God is faithful that none should perish, but all cometh to a place of repentance, okay? But in the tribulation, which you and I will not be here for, uh, we'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Bema seat, because um, we, we were not made for the wrath of God, right? Uh, but God will minister mercy in the tribulation. Okay, notice this in Titus 2.11, 
So I'm kind of excited about 2022. Like a short wick, we're burning brightly. What happens? I believe it's said that if a, if a candle lit can be seen for many miles in the darkness. Was it three miles or seven miles? It's many miles. Because light always pierces darkness, always. And the darkness cannot comprehend the light. So your life, you're ready, right? God is never surprised. You ever get surprised? I mean, we get surprised, sure. But our heart preparation makes us ready for God's visitation, heart preparation. That's why your faith, we don't back off. We keep leaning in. We keep coming. You know, somebody said to me the other day, oh, God's been, people have been telling me God's coming back for 2,000 years. Well, it's true. But a thousand years is like a day under the Lord. I mean, it's like God's timetable is much different. I want to be ready when the bridegroom is calling so we're not busy doing something else and being uh, ripped out of the world like, like Lot with Sodom and Gomorrah, right? You know, but instead we're like, okay, let's practice the rapture drills. I'm ready. Ready? Just you ever do that? Like make sure I, you know, exit without obstruction. <laughs> anyway, the rapture drills. My mother used to do that. Uh, that's an interesting memory there. All right. Titus 2.11. Notice this. This is great. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. When did that happen? When did that happen? Jesus, Jesus right. Teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly, worldly lusts. And how does it teach us? It, it shows us a, a better way. Denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should, and this is the fruit of it, should live soberly righteously and godly in the present age. There is so much distraction today that people are not considering what's really going on because there's so much distraction. But for the believer, the believer knows, time is short, the believer knows that our only mission is to raise our family and to minister the gospel and to draw people uh, to salvation uh, with, the, with the short time that we have, right? It's all about the mission, amen? Amen? amen. Okay, I got half the room. Got to work on the other half. No, just kidding. I'm just, I caught some of you with a mouthful. All right, so notice what it says here. Looking for the blessed hope. Looking for the blessed hope, right? You ever look into the sky and say, one day Jesus is going to come through the clouds? I love thinking about that. That's our blessed hope. Right? It's, it's not just a hope that maybe it'll happen. It's, it's not if, it's when it'll happen. But the point is you're looking. You're looking. You're busy with the Father's business, right? You're occupied till He comes. There's so many things that will cause distraction. There'll be so many things that causes your wick to grow and things can get sloppy or excuses can come, or good reasons to leave the will of God. And we're saying, if I'm looking for my blessed hope, then we are ready. We are ready. Uh, and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good work. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no one despise you. I mean, if you read through 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you see that phrase, uncovering deception. 
Because there will be false teachers that look very close to what the Bible says, but their, their root is rotten, right? Their root is rotten. So as we progress towards the rapture, the Bible will cause our light to shine greatly, and there will be exposure. There will be readiness, but there will be the faithfulness of God. All right, look at Ephesians 5. So if the Lord was to tarry, what's the worst thing that can happen if the Lord tarries? We become more like Him. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's a win-win, okay? I want to live every day, like I think about this, I say, okay, this is my last day, how would I treat my family, or how would I treat my ministry, or how would I treat uh, just how am I thinking about my life? That might be a little bit of a radical state thought, but it helps me stay sharp, right? So, uh, you know, there's Sandy Lightsey there. I think of her precious husband. He was a man that lived like that, right? He raced across that finish line. Right? He was racing. Why? Because he had purpose. He had mission. His wick was short, and it was bright. The flame was uh, roaring, Okay. All right, look at this in Ephesians 5. So readiness. Ready? How, do you, how are you ready in a game? How are you ready in, in, like, you sports folks out there? What's your best tactic for readiness? Practice. Good. There it is. You master the basics. So what was your sport, Leah? Knitting. Okay. Underwater basket weaving. Okay, right. knitting, that must have been pretty intense. Though. <laughs> Pastor Fred, how'd that go? How fast can you knit a hat? No. You master the basics, right? It's nothing maybe glamorous, but your actions become reflexes. You don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to settle issues. Everything's been settled before God. So when things change, and they will, what happens? You've settled issues in your heart, so now... Their reflexes. Okay, I know now it's time to pray. Okay, I know now it's time to draw near. Okay, now I know it's time to worship God. Okay, now I know it's time to be silent. Uh, now I know it's time to get deeper into my book. You know, it's interesting, um, in difficulties or trials, the book, the Bible that you've put in your heart, that is your oil. That's going to be your oil because it's going to come out of you and it's going to be your power. It's going to be your authority. Now, someone that doesn't have the Bible, someone that's not walking closely with God, some, and, and not saved, let's put it that way, what kind of authority and power are they going to have? Zippo. I thought of this the other day. We can only, so we can only meet the supernatural with the supernatural. We can only meet the supernatural with the supernatural. So if there's a supernatural resistance against your life, nothing natural is going to preserve us or keep us. We have to meet the supernatural with the supernatural. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, I'm answering you in the, in, from, my, from my word. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? That's amazing. So in our challenges... What is, what's a supernatural defense? Name some. Prayer. That's probably our most important weapon. What's another one? 
the Word of God, speaking the Word of God out loud. You ever do that in your house? Sometimes my mind can be so scrambled, I actually have to speak it out loud. Good. What's another one? Worship. That's a big one, actually. That's a big one. Worship in spirit and in truth. Good. What's another one? Tom? Okay. Drawing near to the body. How many times have we done that and it's actually released us of something that we didn't even know we were in bondage to? Anyway, these are good points. Um, These are important points that will determine readiness or lawlessness. Readiness or distractedness, right? Okay, we're going to close with this in Ephesians 5.14. And I, I think our church... We have an incredible church here, uh, and, you know, what we have received, we're going to need, right? Everything that we've received, we're accountable for, right? But also, I think we're going to need it, right, in the days to come. That's why I'm excited. I want to say that again. I'm excited about the move of God in 2022, because God. I think God, with the devil being so blatant, why, not, why wouldn't God be so obvious, too? Why not? right? Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right, 514. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, a non-thinking person, right? That's what happens with so many distractions. We're not able to think clearly, right? But be wise, and remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom looks at the consequence or the end of the matter and then gives you wisdom for in the moment, for now, okay? So that, that's a good point to think about, okay? Where will this decision take me, all right? Where will this uh, action take me, right? Okay, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. That's a, great, that's a great verse, right? Walks are, like it, it gives the impression of a tightrope. You know, you, you ever walk a tightrope? Tried to? All right. How, how'd that go for you? No, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a beautiful word. You have to be very accurate and balanced, right? And you have to really know where your feet are going. And uh, circumspectly, exactness not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are ponderous and infectiously evil. Therefore, do not be wise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, okay? What is the will of the Lord? What's the will of the Lord? Okay, yeah, that's, that is his universal will, absolutely, but Leah, what'd you say? sanctification, right? We're becoming more and more like Him and revealing our, our wick is short and our oil is full. And when you come across people, and this is why it's so important in our relationships to point them back to Christ, point them back to the place where they can get oil. Ultimately, it's salvation, but it's, yes, it's salvation, but it's also uh, progressively being like Him. And this is only something that can happen personally. So don't, don't underestimate or don't uh, 
devalue what you're going through because God is working something. Because when He comes, when He shows up, His power, His light, His, His authority will, uh, will be very evident. You know, you, you can always tell when someone's with God. They don't have to say a lot of words, right? You ever been with somebody that, that maybe, you know, there's such depth or such weightiness to their words, right? The Holy Spirit is like all over. It's like dripping with oil, right? Do you follow me? Oil, like that Holy Spirit anointing, that Holy Spirit um, manifestation. It's beautiful. So, precious Father, thank you today. Lord, we want to be like those virgins that are waiting for you, uh, that are um, have our wicks uh, short and tight so that we can burn brightly, Lord. Uh, keep us from distractions, Lord. Keep us from things that entangle, uh, entangle us into the affairs of this life, Lord. Have our, have our conversation be a bright conversation that uh, in 119, 133, that the entrance of your word brings light. So have our, have our communication be light-bearing, we pray. And uh, Lord, quicken us, quicken us in these days uh, just to be walking with you in a personal way and uh, hearing you, uh, fellowshipping with you, enjoying you, Lord. And we do pray for our church. Many are sick today. Lifting up John Nielsen again in a specific way. Uh, touch his body, Lord, and touch his lungs. Uh, we do pray for a supernatural um, reversal in his situation. And uh, just pray for the many that are sick. Just raise them up as well and encourage them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, and bless our pastor, bless our church. Give us an amazing 2022, Lord. May we see you move. May we see your hand in salvations, in new churches, in uh, breaking the chains. May we see a revival that happens in a personal and corporate way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.